Hey everyone, welcome back to Sit Down For Real, your favorite podcast about movies. I'm your host Dylan, and I'm excited to have you here today. Uh, today I'm joined by Kaylee and Kevin, once again, um, and we are going to be talking about our progression of horror. Um, our progression or the progression? Well, the progression of horror. Like, <laughs> Ours is different. Yeah, you're right. But like, just the topic of progression of horror. Um, any big news this week or anything like that? I know we're still going on with the BTB Spooktacular. We've got one film releasing on Saturday, which should be tomorrow by the time I release the podcast. Um, that already confused me with dates in my head. It'll be Kyle's um, A Shadow Got Away. We're definitely not going to say it until 4 a.m. the next two nights finishing it. No. Um, it's definitely already finished. We're definitely good at our jobs. Yeah. Um, We're definitely not recording this podcast Thursday night. What are you no, talking about? It is Tuesday of we last week. We didn't just watch Eyes Without a Face, even though we're going to talk about Eyes Without a Face in this podcast. Oh, shit, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, as mentioned, we have the extravaganza still going on. Um, we're in, what week is this? Foreign Film Week. Foreign Week. We're coming on the end of Foreign Week, and next week we go into... Modern. Modern. Nice. So yeah, make sure you check out the BTB Spooktacular and continue watching all the horror films with us. We're having a great time. Um, you just admitted we're having a great time. Mr. Well, I don't like horror so movies. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I'm admitting you guys are having a great time. You said we. I did say we. It okay. sounds better on the podcast that way. <laughs> We're going to make him watch funny games. This is all going out unedited, guys. <laughs> what did you say? We're going to make him watch Good Night, Mom. Everyone should watch that movie. <gasps> Go watch it. Alright, so talking about like the progression of horror, it's always been an intriguing topic to me. As much as I hate horror and hate like being scared, like the progression of where horror started to where it's become has always been something that I've been like, you know, that's interesting and... I think especially around like Halloween and we've got the extravaganza going on and things like that. Like it's something that's important to talk about in the progression of film because the progression of horror actually has stretched a lot of different things in film as well. So anything you guys want to start out with? I have watched a few silent horror films. I've watched a handful of black and white horror films. We've watched some even in this one. We watched a few in the classics week. Um, I think it would be irresponsible to say that it hasn't also just followed the general progression of film as an art form. Um, I do think, like you said, it's pushed the envelope a little more significantly than other pieces have. Um, you don't hear very often about dramas getting banned or, like, comedies getting banned. Yeah. But you'll hear about this horror movie. Actually, there is a drama that got banned and Rope got banned in a few countries because they thought the characters were gay. That's a different topic and a different oh, conversation gosh. I would love to have. Yeah. But um, other than that, no, I mean, I think part of it has to be, like, what scares people throughout it because I don't think there's a better genre of reflecting what's going on in the world around you than horror mm -hmm. because it has to be scary right now. Like, And there are some movies that have stood that test much longer and mean different things now, but it's so interesting to have it go from, like, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which um, I'm pretty sure is supposed to be the first horror movie or one of the first horror movies, which yeah. is basically just on this fear of, like, fantasy and reality, like, of your ability to grasp it to whatever the hell we have going on now, which is everything from hereditary to your normal ghost demon movies to, 
like psych thrillers to yeah crazy stuff yeah there's folklore it's really there's a very healthy saturation right now where as we're going to get into a lot of um subgenres of horror were born throughout the process of it being created yeah i would say almost like from like the older movies and now that i've like seen more older horror movies it feels almost like the things that happen in them are a little bit more disconnected from reality and then as we get more modern they start to get like that could happen to me that is that (laughs) because it more happens so in your brain than like out in the out in the world it's not you know vampires and werewolves and frankenstein's monster it's you know ghosts and demons and the person that lives next door like it's it becomes a lot more real of where you can actually put yourself in that film and feel like actual terror because that's something that could come true in your life and I think that that is really awesome yeah makes it much it's a different kind of enjoyment when you like feel genuine fear watching something as opposed to like oh yeah that's kind of scary yeah well the time those films came out yes they felt the same yes. way like and but I, I think I agree completely with what you're saying. It had to evolve to match. Yeah. I've been joking with Levi and Kaylee the entire time we've been doing this is that there's basically like a one-to-one linear graph of how scary a movie is to the year it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, it consistently gets scarier as it goes because um, it has to. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a genre that is built on being frightening you can't slip up like you have to keep on you can't get less scary because that's going people aren't going to be interested in that yeah i'm watching horror to get scared you better scare me and it better be a different kind of scare than i've seen before yeah because that's what's going to be the most interesting yeah but it's so fast it's so interesting to me like i'll see every october i'll see someone will share um theater reactions to halloween in 1978 when it came out and like he raises up behind her and people are screaming. Yeah. People are hiding behind each other. And we're <laughs> watching it and we're like, that looks really cool. Yeah. Like, this is fun. It's like, oh, now like, he's going to sit up. Yeah. Like, you almost, you can start to expect those things because mm-hmm. they're such now tropes of what happens in horror that you just yeah. kind of expect it. Which is an interesting retrospective thing as we've gone yeah. back through, like, the history of horror mm-hmm. in a unreasonable and not fully formed condensed thing. <laughs> um, but, like... Like, you'll see parodies of movies. Like, like I've seen, I saw a parody TV show episode of Rosemary's Baby, which definitely crossed my mind a few mm-hmm. times as we were watching Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Well, the whole time I was watching Rosemary's Baby, I was just thinking of the first season of American Horror Story, which follows, a, like, almost the exact same plot. Mm-hmm. It's, a li- it's done a little bit differently, but it's almost... It's the exact same concept. It's just presented slightly different in American Horror Story. And I'm just like... Had he not seen Rosemary's Baby until last week, I just thought that was just a story from the American Horror Story. And right. now it's like, oh no shit, that's Rosemary's Baby. Like, that's <laughs> literally what that is. Like, that's where the inspiration comes from. And I think that's so fun. Just, yeah. like, watch old stuff and then see how it's influenced stuff that you've already seen that's a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. And I like what you guys were talking about, like, um, just, like, a little before. Um, like, we were talking about, like, um, like, how horror has to progress I think Kaylee had said it, was, like, horror, like, it has to get scarier because I'm here to get scared and it has to be different mm-hmm. because you can't get scared by the same thing over and over and over. Like, you have to progress, you have to change. And I, like, am watching some of the older horror films. Like, I find myself, like, 
I've never been into horror. I've never really watched any of it. So some of the older stuff, I'm like, ooh, that's, like, spooky. Like, I'm still (laughs) slightly scared. But, like, I enjoy seeing the difference of, like, oh, like, there being somebody behind you, that was scary, like, back in, you know, the 60s. Or the idea of um, not knowing what was going on was scary. Whereas now, like, some of that is, like, oh, like, I don't know what's going on, but it can't be that bad. And, um, like, the horror stuff that we see, like, it went from, like, Rosemary's Baby where, like, she was, like, raped and impregnated and, like, you kind of just are on edge because you don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. But then you transfer over to, like, slashers where, like, there is something real trying to kill you, like, in your face all the time to now we're kind of shifting back, like, in, I'd say, like, more of, like, today's horror. Like, it seems like we're shifting back more into, like, the mysterious unknown like you don't really see what's after you until mm-hmm. it's way too late mm-hmm. and so like i just enjoy seeing some of that progression um as we get there yeah. um, i would say there's almost like you can almost put everything into two different categories of like how it makes you feel fear mm-hmm. one of which is like the suspense like you know something's like something's going on right now and so you're just you're your adrenaline's high you're somebody's getting chased mm-hmm. like you're hiding from somebody things like that where you're just your heart rate is high and the suspense is really high and then there's the other side of it where you just feel uncomfortable you're unsettled you're not really sure what's mm-hmm. going on so your heart isn't beating as fast but you're just kind of like retracting into your own skin of i don't know what's going to happen but i'm uncomfortable and both of those present themselves in very different ways and very unique ways all mm-hmm. the time yeah. um but it's like in those two subgenres, it's it's interesting to see how things have progressed from that also. Because you have From Rosemary's Baby being kind of an older film, which gives you that kind of uncomfortable feeling, less of the suspense, mm-hmm. into like The Witch, which is very similar, where you just kind of feel uncomfortable because you know something's happening, but it's less of like that suspense of my heart is racing yeah. until kind of the end. But <laughs> yeah, different. We could, we could send an entire episode just on that movie. Ooh. Um mm. Yeah, and I mean, I think that there's kind of these, like, waves of, like, a more nuanced, a more stylized, like, over-the-top, like, and you get both at the same time now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like, 70s is where you kind of dip back into that, like, nuanced 80s, the slashers and all this crazy Mm -hmm. stuff, and then 90s, they, well, I guess in 90s, early 2000s, they kind of went a little bit farther into, like, the gory and the... um, because honestly, well, Scream was the one that rebirthed slasher movies because I thought they were dead with all the sequels. Um, but, and that gives another thing just with these sequels are trying to kind of capture the flame that was caught early. And I think a really good thing about horror is, and well, a easy to recognize good thing about horror is how low budget of a film can get an obscene amount of money. Um, Blair Witch still has the record for, I think it was Sundance for like the highest percentage sale like they made it for nothing and sold it for like three million dollars and it was mm-hmm. like sixty thousand dollars to three million it's like a jump yeah, that's <laughs> like, a lot mm-hmm. um but because they're so popular because they make so much money they make these sequels which end up in a negative way saturating um what you want and i think of like the new halloween movie or movies, since they're making three of them, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I guess another way that it's progressed as a genre and taken over in that way is that it used to be scarce here and there. You're not going to see it. You're only going to see it in a certain way. And now it's, like, 
you see a couple run the horror movies every year and one or two might sneak up and be really good. Like this year, we were really excited for St. Maud, which I think came out in the UK and it still hasn't come out here. Yeah, I've seen people we reviewing it online and I'm just so jealous because they're <laughs> talking about how awesome it is and I just mm-hmm. want to see it, but... But I, I, usually when I go to Kroger, I'll go to Redbox and just like see what's on there. And there are so many horror movies yeah. right now. Well, right now because it's October, but like since no movies have been coming out, yeah. so many like straight to streaming horror movies that like if you don't have HBO, you have to watch through here. Yeah. And it's... I think that's a big piece of the progression too is like because they were so scarce and few and far between the ones that came out a long time ago were all very original like they all mm-hmm. had like their own thing that they did and there wasn't uh there wasn't really a like a style of that's what a horror movie is because they were all very yeah. different There's they all did changing. their own thing yeah whereas now you almost you can pick out the ones that are very cookie cutter of like this is what's scaring people right now let's make 10 movies exactly like that <laughs> mm-hmm. with different characters in a different setting and people are just going to be scared by it and it's you know people who genuinely enjoy horror and like are are looking for good scares aren't going to be really scared by those but the people that are just there for like the fun of a horror film would just continue to be scared by the cookie cutter ones but that's why they're making them because they make money yeah and you're expecting something different because in the past it's been so many fun new things and so you expect something to be new and then it ends up being some story you've already heard before or a sequel to something that you didn't realize was a sequel to something because <laughs> they changed the name to try and draw in more people yeah. at the conjurings <laughs> but or the split movie which was apparently a sequel to yeah yeah but we won't get into that movie yeah um, yeah mental health and horror is a different podcast True. um it is interesting how i think that that stands to how significant it was for so long mm-hmm. in that um like, it, it was basically this lightning in a bottle genre of, like, you're going to make so much money. You don't have to spend mm-hmm. any money to make so much money. Like, it has to be good. Mm-hmm. And even now, like, it doesn't have to be that good. But um, back then, um, it seemed like that, and maybe that's just because we've only seen the ones that have survived. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, just the fact that it seemed like this, it was always chasing itself, always getting ahead, mm-hmm. that now it's caught up to itself a little bit more, um, partially because of how many films are being made today anyway, yeah. but um, it is very encouraging to see that every year there's still a couple that come through that are still pushing it forward and still making it interesting, yeah. still being what's going to be the lame um, rehashes in three years. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think... To go a little more to the actual full progression of it, like, um, as we watched Eyes Without a Face today, and as it was... Brilliant. So oh, fun. I, mm-hmm. I really, really loved that one. But very groundbreaking in the gore that it showed, mm-hmm. very groundbreaking in, like, the the content, um, which is interesting because Psycho apparently <laughs> has such a big shadow that we never actually see anyone get stabbed. Like, you, there's all of the potions, and yeah. you see her in the blood slash chocolate syrup that's going around <laughs> but in this one you see someone's face get cut open for and, a very yeah. long time you <laughs> yes. watch somebody's face get cut off i was like a 10 minutes completely scene. off new mask yeah crazy bread but it's it was so <laughs> it was so horrific and it was like it made you feel that tense feeling of what am i mm-hmm. watching and why and it's because it was awesome <laughs> yeah yeah and i yeah. think that's it's to me. It's easier to see the foundations in horror than it is in other genres, mm-hmm. and maybe because it's 
been easier to deconstruct with the movie. Easier, easier to deconstruct because it has so many meta films in it. Like, it has Scream and Cabin in the Woods, where it's in Scary Movie, where it makes fun of itself and yeah. rewrites itself and it builds itself off of yeah. itself. And, and like, But those become great movies, mm-hmm. whereas, like, I feel like in other genres, when you try to do that, it comes off as, like, cheesy or kind of weird. Yeah, it's like, no, you're trying to do too much and this didn't come out good, but sometimes mm-hmm. you can do that in horror and it just is excellent. Right. Yeah. And there's so many... I've been lucky enough with, like, with the streaming services I've had to watch a wide range of older horror films mm-hmm. like Vampire and Nosferatu and... I was telling you, like, even The Blob, like, the original 1955, <laughs> like, Steve McQueen having gray hair as a high schooler, The Blob, <laughs> and even that, like, praised for its special effects, because they have this weird gelatinous thing moving in this 50s movie, and in it's... The 50s. Yeah, and it's so funny, because it moves so slow, and it, like, traps <laughs> people in corners, and it's like, just juke, jump it, like, I promise you can make it around it, and like, no, she's dead now, like, I'm sorry... But, um, (laughs) seeing how, I guess, comfortable it is to push the bar, push it forward, like Saw. And I put put that up just for you to talk about it. But, um, (laughs) it's like you have these gory movies and these different things and these slashers going crazy, but then you have, I don't, I don't want to call the first one torture porn, because I don't think that. The first what? The first Saw. I don't think that it is. I think you get that a little bit later. Yeah, I think the, the series friend, turns into yeah, that. Yeah, I did, and I guess the series could be the birthplace of that, but it's it is not the peak of that by any means. Mm-mm. Like there, there are films that exist solely as that, and I respect again trying to push the boundaries. I don't like won't and will not watch those movies. Yeah, that um, one's a little bit different. And <laughs> but how do you get from Eyes Without a Face to Saw? I don't know, but it's. I just, just I, I guess it's just, like, comfortability of what is okay, because mm-hmm. Eyes Without a Face kind of set the precedent of, you can show some really weird shit, and people right. are gonna like it. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of keep moving that a little bit forward to now you're watching somebody get shot on screen, and now you're watching somebody get stabbed, and mm-hmm. you just slowly bring it off to now you're watching someone cut their own foot off. It's like, oh, <laughs> different. Like, how'd we get I here? I love this. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know, Saw is just... Such a fun movie. The first three, I don't acknowledge the rest of the franchise because it's kind of bad. <laughs> put a really bad name on some really good movies. Yeah. But, and I was guilty of believing yeah. that the first ones were all the same. Which is the same thing we were talking about sequels. They just try to rehash mm-hmm. the same things. And it's like, if you were doing that in a sense of you're moving along with what horror is, you know, four yeah. years later or whatever, cool, but you're not. You're just doing the same things over and over again. And I'm bored i'm looking for something mm-hmm. new now i love the franchise i love the story but mm, let's try something new please but saw excellent and it's not as gory as people try to say the first that it one's is. great and it's you so can handle good. it it's so good and the second one has some scenes that will literally make your skin crawl but it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think that's another the other half of the evolution, instead of just the form of it, is the characterization of it. Yeah. Um, think of Norman Bates and think of, I can't think of the names in Saw, the guy leading the games in Saw. John Kramer. Yes. I think, think that's of, the same. It's, oh, 
His name's John. John. His last name starts with a K, but I think it's Kramer, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But go from Norman Bates to John and think of their motivations, because they both play this, like, there's some kind of psychopathic insanity yes, kind of yes, thing. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Which John has into... more of, like, a kind of, like, a God complex and yeah, him, right. but, yeah. Not to go too deep again into the mental health and horror, which we could, um, but... I don't know if it needs to be more needs to be more it is extreme. John Kramer, I'm too good. <laughs> Probably you. Well, as soon as I said Kramer, I started thinking about Seinfeld, and I was like, wait, <laughs> no, that's not right. But it is. I'm I'm fine. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. Just with the characterization, yeah. I don't know if it's by necessity. Like, why is Michael Myers scary? But why could you not bring Michael Myers in now? Yeah. Like, if you had Michael Myers as like this kid. Like, he's pure evil, but, like, this kid who yeah. killed his sister and then escapes and goes back and just kind of, not randomly, kind of kills off these horror movie sins and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I don't... That's one of the reasons why it didn't really do anything for me in the new one. Yeah. Also because they went a lot of weird directions. Yeah. But... Which I think that's sometimes part of the reason why franchises will go for sequels is to try to explain the backstory a little bit more. Yeah. But then they start to add it. so many things and I'm like, I don't need that. It's actually yeah. better if it just stands alone and I try and figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what makes it scary almost is that you don't really know why he's doing that. Like, yeah, right. he's evil, but why? Like, what, mm-hmm. what what happened there? And it's it's better almost if you don't know why. Yeah, and the fact that he... We're, we're getting too this. The fact that he has <laughs> revenge, like a revenge plot in the second one, like yeah. it's just... Um, but on the characterization yes. <laughs> portion of it, um, and on the characterization of that monster and everything else, like you do not start with funny games. Mm-mm. Honestly, I don't even know if we've gotten to that in twenty three years since that came out. No, but, which is crazy that that movie mm-hmm. is twenty three years old and is so damn good. Sorry. That one highly highly recommended. Um, it holds up we haven't so seen well. the remake yet. No. I know it's shot for shot by the same director, so I'm. I'm sure both of them hold up very well. Yeah, but um, I would still like to see it for now, nineteen or nineteen ninety seven. Go for mm-hmm. that one. Yes. The Austrian one. It's excellent. Yeah. But those characters are so interesting. Like the mm-hmm. two main guys are just so interesting. As much as I would love to have funny games too, where you get to kind of see their backstory and figure mm-hmm. them out. I don't need that. No. I'm better living in a situation where I don't know why they are the way that they are, but I am enjoying yeah. the fact that they are. And I think I think that newer movies leave a lot more ambiguity mm-hmm. with characters. Mm-hmm. I think it's you're pretty standard clear on Norman Bates. Yeah. Like you're pretty like you feel these ways about him. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to feel any push or pull about him. No. Well, because they wrap it up completely. They tell you exactly all of mm-hmm. it. They at the very end, you know exactly what he does. Why? I guess by the end, she does it. Um, yeah. but you, you understand the whole story and why, why everything happened by the mm. end of that one. Whereas there are so many other films where they just kind of, they wrap it up nicely, but it, not with like the whys. It's just more mm. of like a, here's how the story ends. Good luck figuring it out. And that is what makes it kind of fun. The ambiguity yeah. is very, it's very interesting. Cause, and I think that that plays into the uncertainty is scarier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was in the because you read I'm thinking of ending things I'm reading your copy now I did there's an interview with him at the end I didn't read I have not finished it but I went and saw that there was an interview and looked a little bit and he talks about a terrifying present thing is not always as scary as an uncertain like alarming like or mm-hmm. kind of uneasy present thing 
And I think, like, um, to get a little bit into this, like, Insidious, for me, very creepy. I mean, it's mostly jump scares, but very creepy at the first little bit. And as soon as you see the monster in whatever that world is, it's just, I was gone. Mm -hmm. I felt so relaxed watching the rest of that movie. (laughs) The end was kind of fun, but, like, as soon as it was there, it's like, oh... I have detached enough. I know they're not going to get... I know they're going to get out. I know they're going to be fine. Like, but there are these films that have taken the short endings, and even Halloween had an ambiguous ending, mm-hmm. for a sequel. But there are movies yeah. now that have decided that that's a little bit more unsettling. Mm-hmm. And to not really know... You don't, you don't get to know all of yeah. those things. And Peter and Paul, you don't know why. Nope. You don't... They... That's just such a beacon of anything. Even in, like, movies like Hereditary or, um, I guess Midsummer, you know a little bit of why. Like, why the groups yeah. are doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Get Out, you know why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and those three have very closed-off endings. Yes. Yes. So I think that that's where horror is split itself into. You're going to commit to one of these. Yeah, you kind of um, have to pick one. Yeah. Either one. Like, kind of wrap it up nicely. Let us know exactly what happened. There's the pieces where you can leave a little bit of am- am- that word I cannot say. <laughs> you can leave a little bit of mystery, but uh, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought because I forget how words work. Yeah. Um, there are places where you can leave mystery, but you need to basically tie the whole story up. And there are some stories where you just kind of let it end, mm-hmm. and you you kind you wrap it up like it has an ending, and you it's not like it ends abruptly, and you're like, huh, the movie's over, <laughs> but like it ends, but you just you don't know exactly everything that went on, and that kind of that's the feeling that I really like because it makes you want to almost watch the movie again to see what you've missed and to see mm-hmm. how other how else you can bring yourself into that world, and I think that that's very. Very interesting as like a, a choice to make of leave it mysterious or wrap it all the way up. Like it wraps up the ending but doesn't yes. like it wraps up the story but leaves it open for the story mm-hmm. to continue mm-hmm. after. Yeah, like, not the, even not even always to just continue after, just to leave you with some thoughts. Like how how are you processing mm-hmm. this? Like what do, as the viewer, how are you re- receiving all of this and how are you processing it and what do you think happened? And that's where it just it leads to such good conversation because you can talk to, oh, I thought like this happened. Well, actually, I thought this mm-hmm. happened, and that mm-hmm. just makes it. Way Talking more about us after we saw us in theaters mm-hmm. was so much fun. Yeah, it just makes it so much more more interesting because you can have those conversations and people can point things out to you like, oh, you missed this or like, oh, I saw this. Did you notice that? And it's like, oh, I did not. How interesting! <laughs> and it's putting pieces together for me. Which that's why Jordan Peele is just excellent at like leaving mm-hmm. little pieces everywhere, and everything mm-hmm. is so details. meticulous and so well constructed that he just does a great job at stuff like that. I just think that with him. as we talked about how things have grown and changed, there are good constants too. Mm-hmm. Um, that being one of them, in that it's a very unifying genre. Mm-hmm. Get Out's a great example of we're all rooting for Chris to get out. We're all rooting for, like, for good to win, and that's usually the case. And it doesn't always let good win, especially in some older horror films. Like, there's the more apocalyptic ending of them. Um, But I think that horror is something you have to cope with a little more immediately. Mm -hmm. You can let a drama sit. um, You can let a thriller, like, the thriller ends somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you have to like you get to the end and you you live with it. There's yeah, not always there's that some process. Resolution, yeah. yeah, but horror like you have to deal with the fact that even if it's just dealing with the fact that this 
these moving pictures I just saw on the screen scared the shit out of me, and I I want to know why. Like, like why do I feel like those people who saw the train image like for the very first time? Like, oh, is that a horror movie? I mean, like, it scared the shit out of people. So like, like, that's gotta the be the first horror. film ever made is a horror movie confirmed. Just we by will not be taking any like, questions. Yell I mean, people were comments. scared watching it, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> Has to be. I mean, what was it? Like 20 seconds long or something? Like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's oh, funny. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's a... It's something that you have to deal with. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things about how it's always been such a good social vehicle in film. Mm-hmm. Like, the people now who are saying, like, Oh, like keep the politics out of horror movies. It has never not been in horror no. movies. Like you just refuse to pay attention to your horror movies if you mm-hmm. think that you haven't seen it. Like Godzilla was about Ugh. nuclear um, war and anticipation of that, and that's nineteen fifty four. Yeah. Like there is so much, and even in literature that turned into films like Frankenstein and things like that. Like you have. Yeah. There's a reason these have lasted. Yeah. In any movie, there's a reason that it's lasted. It's so interesting, usually... too, like, how some of, like, the older things that have even been adapted from from literature into film, and it was filmed in the 30s, and, like, our concept, like, our common concept of whatever that, like, I'm speaking of Frankenstein, our, <laughs> our like, common concept, like, of people is that Frankenstein is, like, that's the monster's name mm-hmm. is Frankenstein. And people have all these misconceptions of that story because that's so old. We all know of it. Mm-hmm. We all know who Frankenstein, well, kind of. We know of Frankenstein. Like, that is a word that people are aware yeah. of. And kind of the story a little bit. My mom always likes to say, it's alive. And I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't in the book. <laughs> like, that's, yes, it was in the film, but that wasn't yeah. in the book. And there's so many, there's how that's, it's like a game of telephone almost. Of like, here's how Mary Shelley wrote it. Here's how it was portrayed in film. And here's how, mm-hmm. however many, what is that? How many years? 90. 90. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. 90 years 90. later, this is how people think of Frankenstein. And it's, you know, green guy bolts in his neck. And like, that's not who he was. Right. But, and that's, <laughs> Frankenstein was the doctor. And the monster <laughs> is the monster. But we won't get into that. <laughs> it's different. But that is part of the progression of, like, just how people perceive different entities from the past and how they kind of yeah. are are seen now or are thought of now, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to say I like that point talking about, like, like so far we've been talking about, like, the progression of horror films and, like, how they progress, but, like, the perception on, like, the classic horror that we think mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. and, like, the origin, like, the origins of, like, where horror came from and seeing how people view that now. Yes, and also... Kind of going on that same piece is Friday the 13th. I'm going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. It's mm-hmm. very old, so come on. <laughs> 1980. Yeah, yeah, like, get it together. But that movie had the reverse effect. It has because, a retroactive twist. Yeah, it's like, because you think, when you think Friday the 13th, you think of Jason Voorhees. Hockey mask, big dude, whatever. Machete. Right, right, right. Like, that's who you think of Jason Voorhees and you always associate him with Friday the 13th. But then when you watch the original Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees is in that movie for approximately three seconds. Mm -hmm. The villain in Friday the 13th is Jason Voorhees' mom. Mm -hmm. Like, it is Mrs. Voorhees who is doing all of the killing at Camp Crystal Lake. And when you watch that and you're expecting Jason and then you see Mrs. Voorhees... 
Whew, that was the mm-hmm. only good part of that movie. Was that it got me <laughs> as that's not Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. That is his mother. This is crazy bread. Like, oh my god. <sighs> it's so funny because critics didn't like the movie because they guessed it. They were Aww. like, this was very obvious. And we didn't because we have the iconography with it. Yeah. Like, how I dynamic of a genre. What a word. <laughs> how dynamic of a genre that right. we can act, we can accidentally put in a twist in a movie that that twist was not that, that was, it was not that way in the first no. place. Because like you're watching it the first time and you're just you're just whatever, like, and then Jason you get got by that jump scare and it's mm-hmm. uh, one at the end. It's just so good. Oh yeah. But yeah, but to watch that, however, what is it, fifty years later? Roughly forty something. Forty something, yeah. Forty something years later, um, and get like a twist that was never intended. That maybe it was intended. That would be genius, but I don't think <laughs> it was because that movie's really bad. But they were like, "This is gonna get them in forty years." Right, right. Just in wait. forty years, someone's gonna watch this movie the and they're hindsight. gonna get got. Yeah. Oh, imagine if that was true. Just imagine making a terrible movie. Just that for that reason. Just for like forty years later, yeah. somebody will be like, "See, so you oh, have I didn't all these sequels that. and build up this giant icon of this series." And then you know what? The original movie? That motherfucker's not even there. <laughs> got you. God. And I got God, too. I so got God. Yeah. Too good. I think with your... You were talking about the adaptation factor a little bit. Um, as Thea doesn't want to talk about it. I'm sorry. Thanks, lady. We are going to talk about it, and you're going to like it. Um, Can we be friends? But, okay. like, Nightmare on Elm Street was adapted from, like, a newspaper article. Like, people were dying... Um, randomly after like not sleeping for a little bit and Wes Craven saw that and it's like this can make a cool movie. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. You've read the book I and have. seen the movie and there's a significant difference between there is. those. And that's too recent. Like I, I won't spoil that yeah. one just because that, like, that movie came out this year. That book came out in like 2018 somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so... I'm a firm believer in like reading the book after you watch the movie. I think that it makes... The book is always better regardless, but I think it gives you... Different. Yeah, it's different. You, you aren't... When you watch... When you read the book and then watch the movie, you're always let down. But when you watch the movie and then read the book, your experience is enriched. And that's my personal philosophy on that. But I'm thinking of endings is very interesting because the book and the movie are very different. They get to the same point, but they're brought to you very differently. Mm-hmm. And it's... Phew, that movie's a trip. Good oh, luck. Yeah. Good luck on that one. The book is even... Trippier. I won't, because Kevin's currently reading it, so I won't say much more, but... <laughs> Appreciate it. It's too good. But yeah, yeah, I think... In looking at the adaptations of it, horror's not adapted very frequently. No. And it's usually praised for being so original because it's usually just... I mean, it's just, just what scares you. And, mm-hmm. like, and that's always the advice of horror writers and directors. Like, whatever scares you turn that into a movie. Yeah. Like, because they're not going to believe you if you're not scared by it, too. Right. Because um, you're not going to be able to present it in a way that's scary unless mm-hmm. it's something that genuinely scares you. Yeah. And it's it can be as simple as, like, the Lights Out short film. Mm-hmm. Feature film I didn't like as much, but the short film with the, the shadow in the hallway and stuff, like, the dark. Like, it can literally just be the dark. <laughs> I just love that, that TikTok with that guy, like... <laughs> we're there oh, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's basically no, just was... a short horror film on TikTok. It was yeah. awesome. But... Yeah, that stuff scared the hell out of me. Yeah, too. I keep. If someone did Ooh. that to me, I, we would be fighting. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with that progression, it's fun to look at what has scared people throughout all of it. Mm-hmm. And 
I would love to have a time machine and go back and show someone any of the movies come out in this century. Um, might kill people. I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm just thinking of somebody from like the '50s watching. Like I've not seen Hereditary, but like reading articles about it, like somebody back in the 50s watching Hereditary, like, their heart would actually explode. Yeah. I genuinely don't it. think they could handle nah. it. No way. Yeah. We can't handle it. No. <laughs> Honestly. And that, and, but that's, and I know we're getting close-ish to time, but that's the thing is that it has to keep going. Yeah. Like, we have to keep, there's going to be new things that, and there's going to be new cheesy things as the future progresses of, like, like, I feel like we've already gotten a little bit of the technology is bad kind of mm-hmm. kind of vibe from certain things. Um, Which apparently the um, remake of Child's Play is that. Yeah. Like, it takes like that a, into effect. Like, a Bluetooth Yeah, doll it was or telling something. me about this. I was like, that's crazy, but the original <laughs> sounds way better. I don't want to hear about a Bluetooth doll. Yeah. Which give way to the studio system, like, oh, what's, yeah. what sounds scary to people? Yeah. It's like, I've seen Smart House. They've done it. <laughs> Which Jenny says is the scariest movie she's ever Genuinely, seen. Genuinely, that movie scared me as a kid, so, like, I get it. Yeah. But, like, I've, you're not going to traumatize me more than Smart House did. <laughs> and don't expect me to put an Alexa in my house, because I will not. <laughs> I've seen Smart House. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It came with a TV. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes she's plugged in, sometimes she's not, depending on how we're feeling. Um, but, yeah, I'm so excited and so absolutely terrified of the direction it's going, because... Mm-hmm. And it's... I feel like in 20 years, the movies that are scary right now aren't going to be that scary. Yeah. For whatever reason. Like, it, and I'm not saying that's 100% true, but given the trend of everything, it yeah. almost it almost has to be. Like, little kids that are being born right now are going to, like, grow up and love horror movies. Mm. And they're going to look back into the shit that we said was scary, and they're going to laugh at us. Like, yeah. we laugh at people that say The Exorcist was scary. Because right. that movie wasn't scary. It was kind of scary. That it, one got me a little bit. Yeah, that one got me. <laughs> or, okay, fine. So, Halloween. Like, they're going to look back, like, mm. how we look at people that say Halloween is scary. And it's like, Halloween's not scary. It's yeah. a little bit tense, but it's not scary. And that's how they're going to watch Hereditary and be like, come on, this, you thought this was scary? Like, yeah, I had nightmares for a year. <laughs> what Still do you mean? Like, I'm, again. <laughs> yeah, I, will, I refuse to watch the movie again. What do you mean? Wait till Halloween. <laughs> Shut up. But there's one more thing I wanted to touch on with the progression. Because mm-hmm. it's something that I've taken note of as I've been watching some older movies is the, the cinnamon in them. The cinnamon. The, the cinematography. Cinnamon, the cinnamon in, like, Modern movies is so much better than in older ones. Like I feel like they do it less in old movies. Like they don't do the cinematography mm-hmm. as much, where you get like these long shots of something that's like kind of sits with you a little bit longer. They they cut to the chase a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in modern movies, there's so many scenes where you're just kind of you're watching. I mean, even Eyes Without a Face had that scene where we were just watching him cut this face, and it's yeah. like that was crazy. Um, but even so, just like imagery of just scary stuff that's not even really scary but because it sits there for so long and it's like at the perfect angle of this is scary now haha yeah um it's crazy because i was thinking about that in goodnight mommy there were so many Mm -hmm. scenes yeah where it's just like that's not scary like if this was shot in any other way that's not scary just because of the way that it was shot oh my Mm -hmm. god that movie's excellent i'm gonna say you're talking about that um, makes me think of like the Invisible Man. Yeah. Like just like how like they would pan over to a hallway and like you'd be like that's mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah. And like it just sat there and you're like why is this scary? Like why am I scared? Mm-hmm. But like there's nothing there it's and like they're example. just like oh yeah and then pan away and yep. 
she kicks a dog bull and you jump. And you're yeah. Like, well, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch that movie tonight. Um, <laughs> the, I think it's interesting because I think it's part of the older movies didn't have the burden of the evolution we have now. Yeah. They didn't have this yeah. burden of anticipation. Yeah. Um, people make jokes about like how the, um, the paranormal activity movies are just like you scare yourself. Like yeah. You're just waiting for something to happen and it's anticipation. And the older movies didn't worry about that they're like no we have to get we have to tell you about what's going on like yeah. we have to it's a new way to do things i think there's some noir horror films and there's some like some of the classic horror films um that are really beautiful in their own right yeah and i think it's it's about the evolution but i will say there aren't any shots that scare me in old ones yeah there i thought that's more, more seen like yeah. there are some yeah but they're not as effectively terrifying as mm-hmm. some are now mm-hmm. like and even in framing um because I can think of the two frames we talked about. The one in Funny Games that I won't reference for spoilers. Um, and the one in Hereditary that I won't reference for spoilers. Um, which I understand is difficult <laughs> for this podcast. But there are two frames that are set up so, like... Um, what's the fancy word? Like, the mise-en-scene? Where, like, it's just it's just a frame that you could paint together. And it's just all the elements that tell mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's the people in them. The people who shouldn't be there. The people that should be doing different things in it that are just so, so deeply unsettling. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, if we're talking about the evolution, that is one of the best evolutions is that you've had to show me something that in one single frame scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And it has been succeeded very well. I and I'm sure it will continue to do so. Literally, like, my heart starts racing because of mm-hmm. that one scene in Hereditary. I see this, like, it comes up on my Twitter feed sometimes, and I immediately send it to Kevin, because if I have to be scared, so does he, but, <laughs> like, it just, literally, it. like, that just screenshot, it just, it's so scary, and mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be, it, he, Ari Aster had no business with that, no business no. at all. Yeah, yeah, imagery has evolved in the most, yeah. in the best and worst way. Yeah. I love it, I hate it, welcome to horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so any other final thoughts before we go? I'm just thinking about the gore and hereditary, too. Like, imagine that shit <laughs> in, like, 1960. No way. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Scandalous. That and how, like, I feel like movies were typecast a little too harshly in older, like, with older movies. Like, it, I think Eyes Without a Face is equally a drama as it is a horror movie. Yeah. Um, I, when it came mm-hmm. out, I'm not sure people would have given it that status. I think that there are other movies, like, Nosferatu is very much a horror movie. Like, mm. just straight up. And now, they've had to evolve into all the subgenres of, like, this. it has to be more than just one thing. Yeah, it can, it can, it can be two things yeah. at the same time. Which is why, like, the Insidiouses and things like that don't always hit with me, because it's not... It's mostly just horror. It's mostly just jump scares and let's scare you, mm-hmm. which can be great. But I think that which I think that like that that kind of horror is fun because it's like it gets your heart racing. You get the jump scare, but that's mm-hmm. not something that's going to stick with you and like actually scare you. It's the stuff that isn't a jump scare that mm-hmm. you watch and you are like, what the hell? <laughs> and then you think about it for months, and then it becomes years, and you still think of that scene and it makes you scared. It's mm-hmm. like, that's what horror does. And you get that, even you get that even some, even some of the, some of the old, older ones, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it's because of the older ones, because yeah. 
someone decided that we're going to cut someone's face off and either their face. That someone decided that we're going to have a blob eat people in the blob. That someone decided <laughs> that we're going to show a 12-year-old girl in The Exorcist saying these horribly profane things as she's possessed by a demon. Someone saying that we're going to have um, someone raped by the devil in Rosemary's Baby, like which was also an adapted one that we yeah. knew. Mm-hmm. But Silence of the Lambs was too, apparently. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, that we're going to have multiple like serial killers in a film with Silence of the Lambs. Like They, they set up these things to where... Basically, if you're going to use this, you have to change it or elevate it somehow. Yeah. Like, you can tell, like Marriage Story, you can tell a story of a relationship a lot of different ways, but it's still going to be a story about a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to tell a story about um, body horror, you can't have it be eyes without a face. You have to change that somehow. You have to elevate it in a new yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how that's how we've gotten that little piece of hereditary that's body horror. That's how we've gotten, like, Saw movies. Like, that's how you get mm-hmm. to these places. And I have no idea where it's going, but it's it has to be fun, right? If oh, not, it's going to be terrifying. It'll it has be, to be fun. It'll be fun. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Be fun it, for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it makes, it makes me nervous because I don't want anything I ever watch to be, like, more scarier or haunting than hereditary <laughs> is. But I know that, like, I also need that. Like, I need something to desensitize me to hereditary, and that's just what's going to keep happening, is we're just going to keep seeing the things that we thought was scary once as no longer scary. If hereditary ever gets topped, we will come back on this podcast and just talk about that movie topping it, because... That's going to <laughs> be so hard. I have never watched a movie, looked at my... Look at the time, knew there was 30 minutes left... And hated so much that there were 30 minutes left. <laughs> okay, I've done that. When we watched Belladonna of Sadness, I checked my phone. I pressed pause. <laughs> it said different. 22, and I said, mother. <laughs> I literally just sat there. I was like, okay, 22 more minutes. And then I checked again, and we were at like 20. I'm like, no, it's not only been two minutes. This I'm pretty sad. sure, like, for Belladonna of Sadness, I gave like a 10-minute countdown. Like, I'd like look at the time on the screen. Oh, yeah, we got nine minutes left, guys. Eight and a half. <laughs> Definitely a great movie for some people. Um, that movie's painful. It, it we, was. We did not connect with it as well. Um, it was an interesting movie, but I appreciated it. I'm glad that I watched it, but with Miss Technical not over here, watching it again. A movie based solely on dread and terror. <laughs> yes, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know if Hereditary will be topped. I'm sure it will be. No. I'm equally as excited and praying that it never happens. But the way things are trending, it has to. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's another thing, like, in the future, though, I don't want the things that we love and hate about Hereditary to become tropes of, like, right. or to become things that are so overplayed, because that, that one scene, and if you've seen it, you know what scene I'm talking about. <laughs> that one scene, if that becomes something that's done over and over again, I feel like mm-hmm. that's where it's going to lose its scare factor for, like, the younger generations. It's like, yeah. oh, no, I've seen that, and I watched that in this sitcom, because they, they did a parody of it, and it's like, right. I don't want that. If we get to a point where they parody Hereditary, <laughs> I might but need to when it becomes the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it has the potential to be one of oh, those definitely. long-lasting ones mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. of this decade or last decade or whatever, and it's like when people are still talking about that 30 years from now, mm-hmm. I don't want there to be parody. I don't want there to be a Simpsons episode about Hereditary, because that's right. just going to ruin it. 
if I see Marge up in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) If the Simpsons parody Hereditary, we'll just start the podcast up on Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. We'll pause the episode and start it. Be like, you guys want to see some shit? But I'm sure they parodied The Exorcist, though, and that was the scariest shit of the... Yeah. Whatever year that came, whatever decade that came out in. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's just that's just how it goes, I guess. But I'm gonna be. Just... It'll be a weird time in all of our lives when that happens. It'll be so weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as we kind of bring this to a close, I want to thank uh, BTB Films for supporting us and everything we do. I want to thank you guys, uh, Kaylee, Kevin, uh, so much for joining us. Special thank you to all of our loyal listeners. Don't forget to leave a comment so you can join the discussion. Uh, Every like, comment, and share really helps us out, so a huge thank you to everyone who follows us on Facebook or Twitter at Sit Down For Real, where we'll save your seat for next time. Thanks. Goodbye.